0: Have you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Notable Peeps Podcast, a series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming true. Now there's been a little intro at the beginning of these episodes talking about Remnus Audio. And some of you might be thinking, what exactly is that? Well, it's a personalized gift that really will be treasured for generations. And let me tell you why. Have you ever had Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas roll around, and you just don't know what to get your parents or anyone else for that matter? Remnus Audio provides the opportunity for you to give a unique personalized gift. So maybe you're getting your siblings together and you're recording memories of your parents and what you admire about them. Or perhaps it's getting your grandparents to share their advice to their posterity. Or maybe it's a gift to yourself to document your love story, your child's birth story, or the obstacles and trials that you've been able to overcome. The thing that I enjoy most about audio is that you get lost in the story. You stop looking at how the person is dressed or what they look like, and you just focus on the words. With video recording, it's hard to forget that the camera is there staring you down, documenting your every move. But with audio, after a few minutes, you forget the microphones are there, and it's just another conversation. To show my appreciation for you listening to this podcast, I want to give you 40% off the entire order. So use the code NOTABLE40, and that code is good for multiple orders until October 1st, 2019. Also, before I forget, we have gift cards as well. So head on over to Remnus Audio, and I hope I get the opportunity to help preserve your memories. Hey, you're listening to the Notable Peeps Podcast. My name's Steph, and we are at a different location today. We are recording in Provo, Utah, and I'm sitting here with my sister, Cami. Hello. And those of you that listen to our other podcast, you'll know her as the president of the Utah Fan Club. And again, hello, Utah.
1: And everybody else not in Utah. Kami, do you want to introduce our guest today? Yeah, absolutely. So... The handsome gent across from me is Dallin Dickerson. Dallin, what's your middle name?
2: Actually, Dallin is my middle name. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a secret. It's my first name. I don't tell people.
1: Okay, so yeah. to not be named first name, Dallin Dickerson, um, across from me. And I met Dallin just from being in the same ward as him. Um, and one week I was having a good Sunday chat with my friend Sarah, and we we're talking about life, all things plaguing us, and got on this subject of just the uh, woman and like body image, all of that. And she said, you know, you should talk to my friend, Dallin, or just Dallin, because I know you do. <laughs> <too>. So <laughs> it's like, you really would love to talk to Dallin. And I was like, okay. So then I saw you that week and was like, I hear I need to talk to you. So came over, shared your story. I was like, yeah, this definitely needs to be shared with all the people in the world.
2: Awesome.
1: So, <laughs> so Dallin. I don't know if this goes to the whole world, but um. <laughs> <laughs> Good, you never know. But yeah, so if you just want to kind of give us a background.
2: So, gosh, where'd I begin? Um, I'm the youngest of five kids. I have an older brother, three sisters, and um, basically grew up with like four moms then. So uh, we moved around a lot. And in moving, like I spent a lot of time with my sisters just growing up. And then for some reason, everywhere we moved tend to always be in like a posse of like girls. Like, um, and so you were a ladies man. No, no, no. (laughs) I actually had like the ultimate like boy childhood. Like I, I spent my childhood like building tree forts and zip lines and dirt jumps. And like, I always had like good guy friends, but for some reason, like, like literally like all my like neighbors that were super close to me were always girls. And, um, so, growing up um like i and being around sisters it was always just easy to talk to girls as well and um when i got kind of older i started noticing just differences between like the struggles that like my guy friends faced versus like the struggles that like girls faced and um i don't know if it's because i'm short or it's because like girls just felt comfortable around me but for some reason like I always had a lot of girls coming up and sharing like their stories with me about, um, their struggles with, with weight or with, um, just different experiences, like relationship problems and such. When I was dating in high school, one of the first girls that I ever dated had actually been sexually assaulted, which opened my eyes up to a whole new aspect of, of issues that I feel like affect a lot of women, but not necessarily a lot of guys. From there, like, I kind of just, I went on a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then when I came back off my mission, I didn't know what to do with my life. And so I ended up working for a wilderness therapy program. And so you're working with like kids that have like behavioral issues or drug addictions. And they had guys and girl groups and they would take them out into the wilderness and they would be out there for like anywhere from like three to six months. And um, during that time, I worked a lot with the girls groups. And it was really interesting that the same issues that like a lot of my girlfriends faced in high school were the same issues that these girls were talking about. Lots of things about uh, abuse uh, boys being abusive or not being good enough, not being pretty enough um, body image, eating disorders um, and, and so on. And it just really got me wondering like, why were all these issues kind of being the same? And then, None of these conversations were happening with any of my guy friends. Um, and so, like, I ended up leaving like a wilderness program and working in residential treatment centers. And kind of the same thing happened where, um, I worked in groups specifically for boys and then one specifically for girls. And the same issues just kept coming up. Um, and, uh, I'd always felt passionate about nutrition and about like just, living a healthy lifestyle so I went to Brigham Young University and I studied public health and um, my main focus was kind of like body image and uh, obesity and weight management um do you just want me to keep going tell me the story
1: well, wait was that like you personally focused on body image or yeah. like that was part of the public
2: yeah so health? it was it was actually um Like all the classes that I took were on the kind of the emotional connection with foods. I don't know why, but I always felt very fascinating, Um, not just reading books about diets, but kind of reading about the emotional connections behind it. I worked for a therapeutic weight loss program for a couple of years in British Columbia and California. And so these kids would come in and they would go through like nutrition courses, but also like cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's just it was just really eye opening where like body image for men is like it's like it's not as an emotional thing, but for women, it's so much tied to like your identity to your worth, <laughs> and it was just like it meant so much more to them versus like a guy like it's it's not as emotional, but for women, it's a lot harder um and so I really just kind of made it my passion to try to understand that more. Um, so, I studied that in school. Um,
1: and Wait, so, did you figure out what this? You're going to get to that? Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did you find the answers?
2: Yeah, I have all the answers <laughs> and I'm selling it for a really expensive price. Okay. No, no, no. Um, but I don't know all through school, I, I coached at a, a CrossFit gym and I tell people I did CrossFit before it was cool. <laughs> so, it was like back in 2009. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm, I'm definitely an OG. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to that. But, uh, anyway, what's interesting though is like being a trainer, it's kind of like being a therapist. And, you know, people, they, they come to a gym, you know, they're sweaty, they're not wearing makeup, you know, they already feel kind of vulnerable and exposed. And then, Um, you know, working out releases endorphins, you feel good. But What was really interesting were the conversations that I would have like after workouts with a lot of the women that would come up to me and would just kind of share their story with me about how they hated their body, about how their mom hated their body. And some of these stories were really, really heavy. One girl, like she, she grew up and her family would fast and pray for her mom to get through diets. And that was something that they would do together as a family. Wow. And like another, another woman, you know, her daughter, her mom, her mom told her like, no one's ever going to love you unless you're, unless you're skinny. And anyway, it was just, it was really like hard for me to hear these things because I, I just thought the world of these women, but they just couldn't see like how incredible they were because they were so focused on a number on the scale or so focused on kind of what life had kind of thrown out at them. And so... Like, I really just kind of made it a quest to try to, like, understand what that is and why.
1: Um, I just feel like you have hit on a lot of things that a lot of girls can relate to in just, like, that short little (laughs) sentence. Ooh, you've just connected... A lot of girls' emotions. Ooh. Well,
0: because that's the re- whole reason that we started. So those of you that have listened to a few episodes back, an episode of me talking about my struggle with an eating disorder. And Cammy and I, the whole reason that you were brought up is a- about a month ago or so, I was sharing with her some of my insights uh, I had discovered and everything. And she had... I brought you up as well and you're a favorite topic so. <laughs> conversation yeah. topic. No, but it, it's cool for us to do this together because I feel like we both have some similar body issues me and cammy and so that's why i wanted her to be my <laughs> co-host on this because it's like we get it you know yeah so but i wanted to back up a little bit down so sure. you had talked about i first off i think it's awesome that as a teenage boy you're like so reflective <laughs> <laughs> or even younger you're so yeah. reflective of the differences of men like not even men that that you're so reflective of the differences of your your male and female friends for sure and you were talking about how you just, you saw these different issues that they kept on coming up. Mm-hmm. What were those issues? I just am curious. Is it?
2: Yeah. Well, I think the first first one was um, the girl that I had dated who had been sexually abused um, by her boyfriend. Um, that really kind of like shook me that someone could do something like that. And then I uh, dated a girl who had an eating disorder. And I had gone with her multiple times, like, 12-step meetings and stuff like that. And it was just very eye-opening to see, like, the struggles that she had. But just the same reoccurring stories of people just being not, feeling not good enough. You know? Like, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. Like, and the pressure that they felt to look and be a certain way. Which, in all reality, is, like, it's unrealistic. I mean, it's not real. And social media definitely, like blows it completely out of proportion
0: so was it interesting during this time because i mean teenage boys sometimes mm-hmm. like not to say that they aren't the yeah, most respectful but i'm sure. just putting about the stereotype out there <laughs> so was it interesting to hear all these perspectives of your girlfriends and then to hear your guy friends and how they talked about women or
2: yeah yeah no I, great question so for me um a lot of a lot of who I am I blame on my mom. Um like my dad is this incredible man and I inspire I aspire to be like him like every single day. But my mom is a very sensitive woman. Like my mom spanked me once as a kid and ran away crying. Like that's the kind of like heart that my mom has. And that makes you feel even more guilty. Yeah, and it makes yeah, it makes me feel terrible, you know. But my mom and I like, you know, we had this connection growing up. And I think because like we moved around so much. And like, honestly, like from as far back as I can remember till I moved out of the house when I was 18, like, I can remember 13 times that we moved. And this is like cross country. Wow. So this is like moving into whole new neighborhoods. And like, I had no one to connect with but like, you know, my, my sisters. And like, also, I think my upbringing, the way that my, like, my faith raised me to, to respect women. Um, and a lot of my friends growing up didn't have the same faith and it was really black and white to see the way that they talked about women or the way that they treated women versus how I had been raised and how I had been taught. Like, uh, a lot of my girlfriends would call me up and, you know, share, share really deep, like emotional things that they had been been through. And I think it's because they could see that I had been raised to respect women, um, and that comes from, you know, my faith and also, like, my parents and the example that my dad had respecting my mom. I think that's a huge part of it. And that's the power that men have, um, I think, in understanding, like, the divinity of women. And my dad definitely understood that.
1: Well, thank you, Mama and Papa Dickerson for uh, <laughs> raising such a good guy.
0: Well done. Yeah. Okay, so... Let's fast forward a little bit now to when you're at CrossFit. Mm-hmm.
2: Let me just go a little bit more detail about that. So I was a trainer for, for about six or seven years. And, and during those six or seven years, I had the same conversations with women, multiple women, hundreds of women, literally about the same thing. And and it was always this comparison of I'm not good enough. And, um, or, I want to be this certain weight or this certain number. And, um, and I remember like one time they like pointed over to some girl at the gym and they're like, oh my gosh, like I would give anything to look like her. But what they didn't know was the conversation that I had had with her, where, you know, she had been in and out of rehab since she was 11 years old for, with an eating disorder, that she was having a failing marriage, that she, you know, worked out for about two or three hours a day that like she obsessed about everything she did. She weighed and measured every ounce of food that she put in her mouth. And that's the thing is people don't see that story. All they see is what's on the outside. Um And that's the hard part is where so many women base their worth and base, um you know, if they're succeeding off of What they see on the outside, but they don't know what's going on on the inside. And me as a trainer, like I just kind of had this opportunity to kind of see both sides where I could hear someone's story about the struggles they were having. Like, and a lot of women, like when they're losing weight, it's because their husband is thinking about leaving them and they feel like they've got to do something drastic. So they go on this crazy diet and they get a boob job or they do something just to be like, to try to fix it. But in my experience, like it's never enough. And and it's and you have to learn, like, where your true divinity comes from. And until you understand that, you're always going to be chasing something that isn't real. And, like, it's never, ever going to be enough.
0: Um, when you talked about true divinity, that is something that I've always admired about Cami is that I feel like all throughout your life, you've always gotten your worth, though, from knowing that you're a daughter of God. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it's true. Shout out yeah. to the young women's program. <laughs> <laughs> but but, Cam, how do you feel like that's helped shape you in life?
1: The young women's program, or my no. words? Right? <laughs> your word. <laughs> um. Well, I think it's helped a lot because I I have a perfectionist uh, personality, and I I do feel like I could easily get stuck in the eating disorder mishap and like you know, every girl goes through not liking their body. And I just came to the conclusion when I was in high school, middle school, high school, that I was just like, you know what? If I change, I still won't like who I am, like, because I don't know who I am or like whose I am. And so that was my big focus for a long time was figuring out my relationship with God. And like I said, the young women's program Every week you get up and say that you're a daughter of your heavenly father who loves you and you love him. And so I feel like that's a big part of what helped me and that those quiet moments in prayer and asking him, like who I was to him, developing that, which then has developed that relationship and knowledge of like, yeah, I am a daughter of God. And I mean, yeah, I still struggle with body image and all of that, but it's like rooted deep down though. I am a daughter of our Heavenly Father, so.
0: Well, and and that's why I wanted to give that little shout out to Cammy because as her sister, it's been cool to see that it doesn't matter what clothes she has or i mean like because in high school you loved josh groban and you didn't really care about okay <laughs>
2: are you gonna edit that that's really embarrassing
0: <laughs> everybody loves josh yeah. groban but i mean like you going not have to go with the facts because it's like you knew who you were and that's yeah, not yeah. always that's not always as it is as a teenager and so i i love that you were able to find that correlation as well with these mm-hmm. women and yeah yeah
2: well, actually, can I take it one step yeah. further on you talk about yeah. being like a daughter of God? Like that, that actually was the biggest struggle that I had was listening to these stories of all these women and me recognizing, like, I truly felt like I saw their divinity, but they didn't see it. And that was like my big struggle is like, why don't women understand how incredible they are? Like, why don't women understand, like, how truly not who they are, but who's they are. Like, I love, I love how you said that. Um Because I mean, just like if you had, a, if you had a daughter, you know, like, and if your daughter was, oh, like I'm fat and I'm ugly, like you wouldn't like wrap your arm around and be like, yeah, you're right. You are like, no, like you would just be like, no, you're this incredible creation. Like you're my daughter. Like, you know, I love you. And like, but we're so hard on ourselves. And for me, kind of like sitting in this position and just hearing these stories it just kind of made me think like why why is there such an attack on women like why is body image such such a thing like why is pornography so prevalent like why why is abuse so rampant in today's culture and today's society and like I personally think you know I believe that like God is all loving but I also believe that like you know, there's an adversary and he wants to do everything to destroy God's plan. And I feel like women are an incredibly vital role to that plan. They're actually like, like the vital role to that. Um, am I allowed to get biblical? Yep. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm ready. Ready. okay. 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 So kind of like, I just started kind of doing more studies about like, why, like, why are all these women, why is it so hard for women? And so I started just kind of praying and reading and through different books and through different conversations and talks. Um, I just kind of like felt like I put all the pieces together. Like, I don't know. And it, to me, it makes perfect sense. And so if you look at it from like the very beginning, so if like, we're actually going to go back to like the very beginning, like in the beginning, there was nothing, right? <laughs> right. So there was, so we will talk about the creation. Okay. So like, what was day one? Do you remember?
1: Oh, that
0: has gone. Sammy's
2: a more scriptorian than I. Am. It's okay. It's matter. Okay. Yeah, so there was like matter unorganized, all right. Yeah. So, that's- so like there's so there are seven days in the creation, and but day day seven we know was like a rest day. Um, but each each creation was better than the one before, correct? Yeah. It was progressive. So you have matter and organized. So ch- 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 you organize matter, whatever that sounds like. And then the next day <laughs> it's like light and dark. And then it's like land and water. It's like fish and fowl. And like, it's like, it's almost like a crescendo. It's like building up. Right. And so, and what, what like I said earlier, is just like every creation was better than the one before. And then God finally created Adam and he's like, all right, but what was, what was the final creation? What was God's last creation?
0: Women. And I didn't realize this until Cameron told me. Women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. So women, um, there's a quote by uh, a man named Gordon B. Hinckley, and he says "A women were the crowning jewel of God's creation, right? So to me, in my head was like, okay, like if, if your whole plan, if you're the adversary and if your whole plan is to destroy, you know, this plan of happiness, like what would you do? Like, to me, it makes perfect sense. You would go after the crowning jewel of God's creation. And to me, like, I actually, I don't want really to tell this to a lot of people, but I was almost a women's studies minor at BYU. Uh, <laughs> Confessions of <concession>. doubt. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but honestly, one of the most inspirational classes, like, I ever had was my intro to women's studies. Like, it was unbelievable because we talked about a lot of issues that face women like all throughout like from the beginning of time up until now and it's like wow like as a man I'm like yeah I never had to worry about any of that stuff but it's like why has it always been harder for women you know and I just started to see a lot more like of correlations like um, so if women are so vital to like to God's plan what the adversary would do is is he would twist it. And and if he, if he can get women to think that they're less than the crowning jewel of God's creation, they'll never rise up to the potential. They'll never fulfill their destiny because they're going to be so obsessed about a number on a scale or they're going to be so obsessed about whether or not they're going to fit in what size pants, you know? And the thing is, is like you have this divine worth, but like Satan just gets you to focus on the wrong things and then take it a step further And like you look at the issues that men struggle with, you talk about pornography and it's what is pornography? It's taking a woman, God's ultimate creation and twisting it, objectifying it and turning it into smut. And it's like, so the very thing that God created to help, like help bring men and women like back to god is the very thing that like satan's using to like destroy the whole plan and there's like incredible symbolism with with being a woman like it's just like unbelievable
0: it's just sometimes rare to hear men have this much girl power like you do, yeah right? yeah yeah and yeah. so like and you reminding us that we're like the crowning jewel, I'm like, oh, yeah. you, jewel? you know like why 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 did I just have anxiety for two hours the other day, wondering if some guy liked me? Like I'm a crowning jewel, you know? Like, and so, but I think that that it's cool because it's a different perspective, it's a different voice.
2: It's the power that a woman has. It's 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 the awesome like the way that God created us as masculine and feminine. Like um like I love being a man like I love all things man but like I'll tell you what when you put a woman in my life everything I do I want to do better like and I know obviously like I should be doing that no matter what but I mean think about all the men in your life that you know that maybe they're kind of a little rough around the edges or something like that like once they become a husband it's different once they become a dad it's different once they have a daughter if they're blessed to have that like it rocks their world you know, and men can either grow from that or they can not recognize like the blessing behind that.
1: Yeah, Steph and I are smiling because I think we've both had, we have five brothers and we've seen all of them meet their wives. Um, All of them are married, so meet their wives and then some of them have become dads, two little girls and to watch that like, oh, there's nothing that melts your heart more and to see that transition in them to like you just said that they are changed men. And it is powerful.
2: Yeah. And th- and that's the beauty of like our masculinity and femininity is the way that God created us is like, um, the more that you're in your role as being like a woman and like the more that like men want to step up into the role of being like a man. Um, but I feel like Satan has done all this stuff to like attack women and to objectify them. Um, and it's just, it's just a hot mess.
1: Yeah, well, I and I don't know if we want to go in this, but like President Nielsen, quoting Elder McKay, has said like the power of woman that like, I don't know if, again, we want to go in this direction, but just that like the um, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will grow because of the influence of powerful women. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just, <laughs> no, no, girl no, power. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But here's, but here's the thing. So, like, it's not, it's not a battle of sexes. It's not a battle of like men are men are better, women are better. Like, it, it's. I don't think men and women should focus on being like this. Like, like we should be totally equal in every way. It's because like we're totally different, but we're essential for each other. Mm-hmm. Like we need each other to become the best version of ourselves. And like, um, if Satan can get women to focus on the wrong things and if he can get men to focus on the wrong things, men and women don't come together and they don't create this synergy. Like there is power behind a man who understands his role and a woman who understands her role and they come together. Like, it's just like awesome. Mm-hmm. Um But you ruin that. You shake that. You rip out confidence out of a man um, and you get a woman to, you know, obsessed about the wrong things. And like, we just, we never connect. Like there's this huge disconnect.
1: Okay. So like you've brought this up, but then how do you fix it? Like, like I said, after we were talking, I was like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) question. Dallin
1: has to share this message with every single person and just talk about it. Because after talking with you, I was so empowered of not just like, yes, woman, like, let's fulfill our roles, but also, mm-hmm. like, men, like, let's... Totally. You fulfill your roles, too. And, like, let's do this together and work together. And so, I don't know. I'm on this big kick of, like, okay, we can talk about, but how are we going to fix it? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think a big part of it is men understanding understanding women. Like, really, like, being vulnerable enough and understanding their hearts And, um, and I think it's a lot of men understanding their own hearts. I think that's actually one of the big disconnects is, um, getting scriptural again. One of my favorite scriptures that talks about in the last days, men's hearts will fail them. Um, I feel like God created men to be protectors, providers, and presiders. Um, but because of the issues that plague men today, um, their hearts are failing them. They don't feel confident. They don't feel... Um, the ability to, to be assertive, to take control. And then the very issues that men struggle with, you know, they just reinforce the very issues that women struggle with, Mm -hmm. you know, pornography and body image. They're like totally tied in like hand in hand. And so for me, I feel like it's kind of this idea of bringing back chivalry, um, and also understanding like our role as men and it's men connecting with other men. and really treating women the way that they, they should be treated and kind of getting back into that like protective nature. Um, not necessarily like women are like inferior and need to be like protected or any, like, and like, I don't know, like, actually don't no, cut that out. Um, no, but, but just like, it's no,
1: because, I, okay. Yesterday we were reading, uh, your favorite lady. Brene Brown. <laughs> I love her. Yeah. Um, oh, the Steph. dating coach? Dating coach. Alisa oh. snell She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I'm so sorry that I could not remember your name because Steph loves her. But she um, wrote the, like, 17 things that guys... Uh, value and girls value mm-hmm. and we were reading them yesterday and one of the things that girls value is to be protected so you say oh, like okay. you're saying yeah you're like yeah no but it's true like totally we do want to not in a like oh i'm weak but just yeah. in a like knowing that you're gonna take care of us yeah
2: for sure i think we grew up in a culture that was very black and white of like don't do this don't do that um and i think it's kind of led to this passive mentality of people just being like, I'm just going to avoid that. And I feel like the shift that needs to happen is taking action. Like it's not enough for men to just be like, Hey, I need to like avoid the bad. It's filling your life with good. Um, It's building those relationships with other men. It's building those healthy relationships with women and it's being part of the fight. It's being, you can't sit passively. Cause truly like, I feel like, you know, we're a war like this, like, Satan is battling for our hearts and, um, and men need to rise up to that. Um, that's a huge part of it. And so like, you know, something that, that I did, like, I felt like years and years ago, um, actually almost 10 years ago, like I felt like I needed to get involved. Like I needed to, to do something because, you know, my life had been affected by, uh, domestic violence or, uh, sexual, sexual abuse or sexual assault. And, um, through just different relationships that I had. And so like, I've been a volunteer for the center for women and children in crisis as a victim advocate for, for rape. And like, it's opened my eyes to the reality of like, you know, there's some, there's some really heavy stuff out there. And, you know, in like, in that situation too. Like it, it provided opportunities for me to like, I was a facilitator for, um, a domestic violence class. And so it was a support group where women would come in and like, and I let it and I taught it for about like a year and a half until one day, like they just let me go because they're like, Hey, you know, some lady was like, who never even came to my class just said, I don't feel comfortable being in a class taught by a guy. Hmm. And, and like, you know, and, and I totally respect that. And I understand Little that.
1: Little did she know how much she was missing out. <laughs> no, but
2: but the thing is, oh is always like, but that's like that's that's the reality. Is like women are banding together, and like we have to be, we have to protect each other. Like we have to fight. You know, men are pigs, and men are just kind of like passively. Like their hearts are failing them; they're not progressing. And so it's this. It's, I mean, to me, it's this re rekindling of our hearts. I I, I truly feel that's where like it all begins. Um, because if men can understand. Like the divine role that women have, and if women women can understand their divine role and how we work together, like I feel like that's where change happens.
0: Well, and something that you had said earlier about like men being like gentlemen and yeah, totally, and everything. Um, a couple years ago, I realized because I'm stubborn and I've always wanted to do so myself, and so I would never let guys open doors for me, like, I just like. I can open my door, you know? And then it clicked. I It was like, it's not that I need this man to open my door. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm capable of opening all of them, but it's that I want it. And mm-hmm. it was interesting that I, like, started to just step back and wait. And And now it's been so many years that it's just routine. Mm-hmm. And if a guy doesn't open my door, I'll be like, aren't you forgetting something? <laughs> and they'll be like, well, I just don't know because some girls don't like it or whatnot. But it's cool that, like, that that shift came and I felt like, Once that shift came of, no, like it doesn't mean that I'm inferior. I can't do something myself, but, but it's just showing like a little bit of kindness to someone.
2: And kind of taking a step further, it's not just showing kindness. It's getting, it's giving men an opportunity to serve. Mm -hmm. It's giving men an opportunity to show respect. And, and I feel like if women kind of can view it like that, like it softens our hearts and it helps us kind of reconnect with that that divinity of women and also that like protective nature of men.
0: And it was really cool because then I started to notice all over all types of uh, men opening doors. And I used to work at assisted living and we would have all these people in wheelchairs coming in and just people, men that looked gruff and tough, always being respectful and opening the doors and helping us out. And so I think that like also when you shift, it's like you see it everywhere too.
2: Mm Totally. Totally.
1: um when we were talking that sunday you also had said because i was like you need to talk to girls about this and then you had talked about how you had a little like moment a couple months ago where you realized that maybe you were doing it wrong do you want it was that right yeah 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 no no no, to
2: me it's just like um (sighs) i like (laughs) <laughs> oh, women are women are a little bit more complicated than men um and and but that's that's a good thing like that's a powerful thing like that's a gift that women have is to have those emotions um like it's not a negative thing um and to me, like I was trying to find solutions, I was trying to fix things, and in all reality is every single every single woman that i know has had wounds from her past that that i can never fix you know and and we don't know what people are going through you know we don't know the relationship that they had with their parents or their their boyfriends or 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 with men in general growing up and there is no one size fits all when it comes to like fixing someone um ultimately like god's the only one that can do that um But to me, I felt like the epiphany that I had was this, like, this is a message that men need to hear that men need to start to realize, like where we've fallen short and we need to step up. And, um, and I love what, um, president, uh, Nelson said in this last conference talk, um, when he spoke to the men of the Church's East Christ Latter-day Saints, and he just talked about how we can do better and be better. And he referenced how we need to listen to our wives. To me, I think there's a lot that we can learn from the women in our lives. And just being totally honest, like, I know the Savior because of my mom. Like, my dad's an amazing man and, like, like Christ has masculine attributes. But a lot of times, like, if you describe the Savior, like, you you use words like nurturing. Kind patient loving loving you know they're they're more feminine words and you know to me like i understand the savior's love more because i had a mother who was like that um and so for me i feel like it's men that need to like reconnect with understanding the divinity of women and and not just like sitting back but actively fighting against it against um all the attacks that are happening to women, you know, understanding why body image is such an issue for women, like understanding why pornography is so prevalent in our society and like what we can do to help protect women, like from domestic violence or sexual assault.
0: So what can we do to help women?
2: What can we do to help them? Yeah, to protect them. Uh, To me, to me, I feel like it's, it's men reclaiming their hearts. I feel like it's men, connecting with other men who want to come closer to God. And I feel like you can't come closer to God um, without in turn, like having this shift in your heart where you see women differently and you see them as the, you know, the crowning jewel of God's creation and, and you treat them differently. And it comes from like a, a different knowledge and a different understanding and perspective.
1: So are you having little powwows every month? With yeah, you know that. No, no, that's actually one like, of the things. Yeah,
2: no, that's actually one of the things we're looking at is because like I've kind of shared this message with a couple of. Most of my conversations have been with women, but it's like, but in all reality, like you know, these are the issues that that women are facing. Like, men are part of it. I'm I'm surrounded by women in my life. That doesn't mean that like I don't talk about you know, the issues that women face, you know, we live in a culture where it's like not okay to talk about women being on their periods, but it's like, look, it's kind of natural, you know? Um, But it's something where I feel like men need to be more educated. And, and a lot of things like happen in secrecy. I mean, you talked about, you know, sharing, being vulnerable and sharing your story with like an eating disorder. I mean, how hard is it for you to share that with other people? And, um and I feel like the more open that we can be and honest, like, um, like the more that we can really connect with people and help.
1: Yeah. And I liked, I mean, Steph said it in her podcast that it was so hard too for her because usually you can talk about it when it's like, oh, this was in the past, like something I struggled with, sure. but she's talking about what currently is going on in
0: her life, and I think that's even more naked than. <laughs> but yeah. but the cool thing is, I feel like because of it, I've connected with so many people. Oh, like totally. people have reached out, but it's been cool to have that support. Where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just going through this right now, but it's yeah
2: yeah no and and to me to be totally honest i mean part of the reason why i feel so passionately about this is because like my life has been affected by pornography you know like i've seen like the struggles and of like how it affects women and i've i've been able to connect and work with so many men who whose lives have been affected by pornography and it's and it's a real thing and it's a real challenge and it's a real struggle and to me, like, that's why I feel so passionate about like, look, like we have to do something about this because it's only getting worse and it's only going to get worse. And it's only going to perpetuate the issues that women have even further. And so, um, I'm grateful that like, you know, people were like starting to open up more and talk about the things that people are, are dealing with or what they've been through because like, I mean, was it Throw I think said that, you know, we all lead quiet lives of desperation. And I mean, I just think about like how many women that I know just struggle like alone with their body and how many men struggle alone, you know, dealing with pornography or whatever it may be. And that's not the way we're created.
0: And once you open up, it takes away that shame. Oh, totally. And it like just it's freeing. So I wanted to put a plug out there because some guys might be listening and they're like, hey, I respect women. Like I'm like doing all these things. So it's not like we're being Man-hater. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: No, I think that it comes from both sides, though, like Dallin has been saying, is that it's a... it's a We as women can rise up and men can rise up.
2: Such a tricky topic mm-hmm. because you're talking about, honestly, two of the most vulnerable things that we face. Um And, you know, it's all... The whole point of us being here, like, on Earth is to experience life and in, in our bodies And, you know, we can do so many incredible things with them, but you know, if Satan can get us to misunderstand our bodies, to mistreat them, to abuse them, um, or to to abuse and objectify the bodies of others, like we just, we won't connect, like we'll always be alone. And to me, like, I feel like that's the struggle that so many people are facing today is just being alone and not feeling loved and feeling unworthy. And um, and I feel like the more that like we feel that like the harder the struggle is going to be, and so um, it's kind of it's yeah it's being open it's it's connection and it's being vulnerable, um, but it's kind of having that heart to to understand because yeah because men and women are different and my story is different than like you know what a lot of guys go through you know I'm grateful to. Have, have experienced what I did um and I've got a lot to learn and I'm on this journey as well um but it's to me it's like I feel like there's a lot that men can do to to do better and be better for sure
1: as you were talking I was like so my theme for this year is nakedness oh. in in all aspects of the word. And just like <laughs> She's going to a nudist speech. Uh, is that we are not wearing so. any clothes right now? <laughs> Steph, don't tell the <laughs> I'm fully clothed. <laughs> yes,
0: but it's not a nudist podcast.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Steph's changing it up today. Because <laughs> we're down in promo.
1: Yeah. No, but I just, like, you're talking about the need to connect and everything. Like, Steph texted me after she sent, posted that podcast. And like, a thing I've been saying instead of vulnerability is I say, I got naked. And that's mm-hmm. what I'll say. And so she texted me and like, well, I just got really naked. <laughs> and, and, but I also am calling it the quick hide. Like, Renee Brown calls it a vulnerability hangover when yeah. like you're, um, uh vulnerable and then you're like shoot what did i do but just that quick hide and i feel like there is that mental mentality too to it's been discussed to like cover up and not to to just be in the dark about what these are and i do feel like that as we're more open about it and more willing to work together that po- powerful things are going to happen and do you have a way for people to contact you?
2: <laughs> yeah. So to be totally honest, like I'm at the very start of all this, like this <laughs> has been something that I've kind of been like pushing under the rug for years and years and years. And I've just been like, Oh, nope, I don't want to do this. But like, um, you know, I left the fitness and health industry. Like I do real estate full time, but even in my job now, like people corner me and they tell me like the deep, dark things about their past and, you know, ninety. 90- of them are women. And and so I don't know, I don't know what it is, but um, I just feel like it's part of like, I need to share my story and my experience. And so I'm actually in the process of like, um, like I got a Google drive just full of articles and full of resources. Um, I don't have a website or anything. So, I mean, if you wanted to contact me, it's just my name, just Dickerson at gmail.com. That'd probably be the easiest one. Um, But I mean, to me, like I love, hearing other people's stories because it kind of like, I don't know. It just kind of helps me also like connect and, and helps me know what I can do to help. Um, because like, but everyone's story is really similar. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, we, we think we're all alone in this world, but like, like any guy who comes up and tells me about his exposure to pornography or something like that. I'm like, Oh Yeah. I know, I know that's like, or if any girl comes up and tells me about her, her issues with like body image, it's like, yeah, like you're not alone. Like so many people struggle with this and like, so yeah, so I don't have like any like super rad websites or an Instagram with like <laughs> hey, a bajillion followers. Email,
0: Gmail is just great. <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, you can just don't spam me.
0: But
2: that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my Gmail account. Um, uh, but that'd probably be the best way. But
0: do you want to know what I love most too? Is that like this is just something that you're passionate that you're sharing? Oh, with
2: totally. People yeah. Around.
0: It's not like you're like coming and sharing this message because you're going to profit a ton with money oh, or, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like it's you sharing a little bit of your testimony. And that's what I think that like we all have like different aspects that we're passionate about. Uh-huh. And that when we share them, it's able to just help everyone. Cause it's something that people haven't thought of. Before.
2: Totally. Totally. And so for me, I've, I've you know, I not only want to share my story, I want to be able to provide solutions. And so I feel like I've kind of figured out what it is for men and then for women, you know, in dealing with like body image, I feel like there's so much garbage out there with diets and with workouts and things like that. And so like, like I've been working on putting together kind of a, like honestly, just a shame free approach To loving your body and it's really like it's based off of things that are in your control um, and taking kind of the emotion out of it because food is emotional like for everyone but there's different habits and strategies that you can apply to your life that truly can help you feel in control and that can take away a lot of the shame and a lot of the struggles that people have Um, so that's like in the works
1: so you're writing a book
2: uh, I'm making a movie.
1: Oh. Like, good <laughs> to know we have <laughs> you
0: here for a, a documentary. documentary. A documentary. <laughs>
2: it's it's going to be called Naked in the Wild.
0: <laughs> but I, <laughs> I just wanted just to put my little plug out there for everything that you had been talking about of like, and Cammy's like, so how do you change, you know? Yeah. And so in the last episode that I did, I was, I was talking about how I made this promise mm-hmm. to myself and to God that I was going to get a certain amount of steps in every day and read my scriptures and say my prayers for a certain amount. It was just yeah. 10 minutes a day. Lovely. you know. And you know, it's been interesting because some days I didn't fulfill that completely. And normally I would just be like, peace out. I didn't use it perfectly, but I've been, and, and it's like some days I really tried. And then one day I was really lazy. Like I'm just <laughs> it, Like I was lazy and I didn't want it. I, I was distancing myself from God. But the cool thing is, is that, On both those days, I've just been like, Heavenly Father, I, this is a moment where I'm going to use the atonement and to to fill in the gaps. And honestly, like, as I've been making it an effort to really pray and read my scriptures in the morning, it, it awakens my spirit and, it just makes me have a greater perspective of all things. And whether that's loving my body more Mm -hmm. or just being more grateful for the things in my life. But I think that that's really been the game changer for me is to, for me, like scripture study, sometimes it seems boring, but it's really like, that's the thing that awakens my spirit and my spirit's the thing that like my spirit is this, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but like,
1: Yeah, no, because I had told down this too that once I was, we'll call it therapy, but yeah, so it was a type of therapy and my friend had asked me to write a letter to my spirit and my body and how I realized how interconnected they were, but how much I had so much hatred towards my body, but I actually did really love who I was. Mm -hmm. like who my spirit was and who I had developed because of the time that I took to take care of it. But it just all gets so morphed because the natural man, those negative thoughts are so much stronger than the other thoughts. And so I've been working to shift that and not have it be those thoughts that are the track that I'm listening to, but more of the actual truth that I'm listening to. So... I get, it. I mean, yeah. was that what? <laughs> yeah. okay.
2: No, it's, it's really easy to get a victim mentality when it comes to your body. Um, I mean, we're all built differently. Like, I'm five, six, and God built me like a bobsledder, you know? Like, I'm not ever going to be like a lineman <laughs> in football, right? Like, we're all different, you know? And, and I feel like a lot of times when we approach our bodies, we look at it from a victim per- perspective. And that puts us a lot, of, a lot of times just into like a really great, like shames. Shame cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, so like one of the things that I, I help people understand is like the difference between like, I love what you said about, um, taking steps and reading your scriptures. So like, I talk to people about setting outcome versus behavior goals. So like an outcome goal is like, people are like, okay, I want to lose, you know, 20 pounds, but in all reality, like, sorry, like you have no control over that, especially like as women, like, I mean, we're not, when you're on your period, you're going to gain an extra three to six pounds just because. Like, and so, so many people, when they set goals, they focus on an outcome, but I like to help people like focus on a behavior. So like something like 10,000 steps a day, like it's a black and white, yes or no, did you do that? Like reading your scriptures for 10 minutes, like you talked about, like it's a black and white, yes or no, did you do that? And it makes a that?
0: huge difference yeah. because it's like, I can check it off or mm-hmm. I can't. But totally. And,
2: and, yeah. and it's empowering too. Mm-hmm. And it's not this like this goal of like, I want to connect with God and it's really vague. And like, what am I supposed to do? Or like, I want to lose, you know, X amount of pounds, but if you're able to kind of like narrow it down and like put yourself in a control in a position of control versus like a victim, like it can definitely help you like as you're going through this process, because that's exactly what it is. Like it is a process and it's not, no such thing as perfection. It's all about progress. I like to say it's divine discontent, but not the devil's dissonance. Mm. It's feeling like you can you can grow. Yeah, well, that was Maxwell. (laughs) That wasn't down. Sorry, Uh (laughs) but it's really like it's it's realizing that yes, there's more out there, but not to the point where you like like Satan's just on your heels being like you suck.
0: And to those of you that are listening, you're like, man, this podcast is sure getting churchy these past couple episodes. <laughs> I just, I you just want to say. say a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's getting churchy because that I got to a point where it's like I that's what I need, you know, like because my life was not in a good yeah. place, and that's what's brought me like really being happy. So yeah. that's I'm going to talk about churchy stuff probably for a while. So yeah.
2: can I, can I just like, yeah. like tag on top of that too and like support you in that. So like for me, like one of the hardest things was when I was talking to all these women about their bodies is like, I wanted to talk gospel or wanted to talk about God, but I couldn't cause I was like, well, like I'm at work plus like, I don't know how people are going to feel about this, mm-hmm. but if you look at any type of like program or, of recovery or or people who really have life changing events, it's always tied to something spiritual. And to me, like, you know, whether it's God or whether it's Allah, and once you do that, once you see the big picture, it shifts everything. But if you stay in this small world of like this is just me, but like you have to have a spiritual connection. Like I'm sorry, you have to have something out there that's bigger and better than than you. And like I promise, like if you have that, like it changes everything.
1: So she takes back her apology. Yeah. yeah, I take it back.
2: <laughs> no, because, I mean, we're in a culture of being afraid to, like, talk about God. But, like, I mean, why not?
0: If you had daughters one day, like, what would you Ooh. want to teach them? Yeah. Because that was when, when I met you at the candidate party. I was like, yeah. oh, I hope you have all daughters.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm being totally honest, like, I hope my first child's a daughter. And then after that, like, I want boys. But uh, <laughs> but I've always felt like having a daughter first would make my life a lot easier. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I I'm gonna totally but- butcher the quote, but it's something about like the best way that like a man can raise his daughter is how he treats his wife. And to me, I, is
1: that by Elena Stalin? I don't, I don't know. know.
2: I don't know who that is.
1: She had love her mother. That's a talk. Oh shape. yeah, I love yeah. her mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's
2: a big part of it. And to me, like. You know, I'm grateful that, like, I witnessed that, like, in my life. You know, I witnessed how my dad became the incredible incredible man that he is because of how he treated my mom. Um And I've also witnessed how men who don't understand the divinity of women, who disrespect them, who, you know, abuse that, like, don't rise up and become the men that they're supposed to be. And so I think the greatest thing that, like, I can do for my daughter in helping her is loving my wife and you know in turn my life my wife will like love her body hopefully and like love like you know and and that and it's just this cascading um there's that there's that um scripture that talks about like oh here we go scriptures again but it's like (laughs) the sins of the fathers falling upon the sins of their children and and I've always been like that's weird what does that mean you know but if you look at it like I'm sorry if you struggle with body image and if you don't understand it your kids are going to struggle with it not saying it's a sin but it's a it's a weakness that you have it's like for men like you know if they struggle with pornography and they don't take care of it like it's probably more likely to happen generations down the line and so to stop that like you know we have to like talk about hard things like we have to address the reality of what's going on in the world
1: yeah, I do hope that you have all daughters. Well, I, I need
2: I need a son. Like I want, I like to me like.
0: And so you'll get all daughters. Yeah. <laughs> well, no,
2: all daughters want to <laughs> But like, no, but I'm I'm grateful like to have been raised, you know, in a in a family where, you know, I had a really great relationship with, like with my sisters. Like my brother and I are seven years apart, and um, like we weren't like super close. You know, that was just my story, like my life, my experience. And, you know, I'm grateful for that because it gave me a different perspective.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see where else you go with this. And like, because there have been, like you said, there's just always girls who are drawn to you in like needing to express to you the things that are going on in their lives. And I just think that that is one of your messages. And one of your purposes here Mm -hmm. is to build up yeah men and women totally
2: yeah because it's not just i mean body image isn't just an issue that affects women like men need to be aware of it as well and fighting against it and understanding like how it affects our lives and our perspective of how we view women and women's bodies
0: exactly well Dallin, thanks so much for being on today and if you want to get a hold of him it's Dallin dickerson at gmail.com is that owen 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 And thanks, guys, for listening. And remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe that with God, all things are possible. Thanks so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests or to submit a nomination for a remarkable person that you would like to hear interviewed, head on over to NotablePeeps.com. All my dreams are
2: coming.
0: All my dreams are humming. All my dreams are coming true. If you're loving listening to other people's stories here on this podcast, then maybe it's time to start recording your own. Head on over to ReminisAudio.com and take the hard work out of preserving your memories.